Hi, this is Andy Katz, host of March Madness 365, presented by Grammarly. This week on the podcast, listen as we break down the latest AP poll and give you insights on my updated Power 36. Listen to March Madness 365 with Andy Katz, presented by Grammarly, wherever you get your podcasts. Grammarly is a secure AI writing partner that gives your team an instant first draft in a few clicks, not a few hours. Companies that use Grammarly save an average of 19 days per employee per year. Grammarly works seamlessly across 500,000 apps and websites. Get personalized on-brand writing help everywhere your team works. Learn what better writing can do for your company at Grammarly.com. Grammarly. Easier said. Done. It's winter, and you can now get almost anything you need for the coldest months of the year delivered with Uber Eats. What do we mean by almost? Well, you can't get a ski slope delivered, but you can get dish soap delivered. Sunshine, that's a no. But a bottle of wine, that's a yes. A snow angel, sorry, no, but angel hair pasta. Uber Eats can definitely get you that. Get almost, almost anything delivered with Uber Eats. Order now. Alcohol and select markets. Product availability may vary by region. See app for details. Yo. Yo. Aubrey Edwards, Tony Schiavone. We bout to party. We bout to party. Unrestricted. Got the house now. We gon' turn it up. Hey everybody, this is AEW Unrestricted, the official podcast of All Elite Wrestling, and we've got a lot to talk about this week, because so starts the busiest summer, I think, of all of our lives. It's it's busy, it's filled with fun stuff, it's crazy hectic, but it is an exciting time to be an AEW fan, and I am thrilled to announce our guest and guest co-host today. You're doing double duty, Will. Will Washington, welcome to AEW Unrestricted, formally. Formally, hello, hello. Say hi to everybody. Hi, everybody. Hi, Aubrey (laughs) Edwards. No, honestly, I have to say, that is like, I listen to that intro fairly often. Every single time I listen to Unrestricted, I have to back up on it just a little bit. Uh, And and once you told me the origin of it, it it, it makes me smile now. But yeah, I'm happy to be here. I'm happy to talk all things AEW. I guess I'm the guest today. So you get to learn a little bit about me. And that's kind of cool. Yeah, it's wild. Yeah, it's wild. I like that we're doing this sort of backwards because you did fill in for Tony Schiavone <laughs> on the Double or Nothing preview. So it's like, yeah, here's this guy, Will Washington. He'll he'll hype up the pay-per-view for you. And now we're doing the like, oh, here's Will. And now you get to actually know who he is. <laughs> no, that's exciting. Uh, honestly, like I, I've those who do know me know I've been podcasting a really long time. And so that was one of those things that like felt like a natural idea in my head. And then I backed up and went, well, wait a minute. These people know who I am. So then I, I, I realized almost after the fact that I probably should have done this first. But that's cool. Whatever. Um, and you say people know who you are. But honestly, they not everyone did. Uh, I'm going to say I didn't know who the hell you were. <laughs> But to be fair, I don't really follow wrestling outside of like what we're doing. Like I don't I I try to not follow what's happening in the wrestling news. I like being sort of the traditional fan of wrestling where I get surprised about things. So I don't follow press. I don't do any. So it's a lot of like, who is this guy and why is staff? someone that we've hired for the office getting an all elite graphic. So because I don't think that it really I think like Amanda had been the only other person for that to happen before. Yeah. And the funny thing was 
I was sitting in Tony's office when that happened. And originally, he was just going to make a tweet, just like a little announcement, you know, just a picture of me like, hey, this guy's working here now. And then he kind of looks at me with this little smirk and he goes, how many non-wrestlers have gotten an All Elite graphic? And I went, uh, Amanda Huber is the only one. He goes, 10 minutes. And I'm like, uh-oh. And I knew, I knew the reaction that was going to get. I sat there and just waited for the next 10 minutes going, all right, well, I, I know life's about to change here. I know everything's about to change. I recognize that that just put like a giant target on my head. Uh, but honestly, welcome it was a to really, wrestling. Yeah, welcome to wrestling. And honestly, it was a really cool moment. It was, it was something I wasn't expecting. It wasn't anything that I, that I knew was going to happen. But once I, once the wheels were in motion, once I even got a DM uh, from the person who does the all elite graphics, and he goes, "I just got a really weird request," but <laughs> is, <laughs> and he goes, are, "Are you serious?" And I'm like. Yeah, and he goes, "All right, you got, is this really happening?" Because he didn't know. He didn't know I was being hired. He didn't know I was in the building. And he's like, uh, "Sounds about okay, right." Okay, this this is shocking. Yeah, so uh, that ended up being kind of a really cool day and a really cool experience. And if I do nothing else in AEW for the rest of my time, I got the All Elite graphic. How can I complain? There you go. It's a cherished moment in AEW kind of lore i guess like when yeah. when a talent gets that ollie graphic it's like it's a big deal so uh it is a responsibility that is not to be taken lightly you choose this power to use whether for good or evil but you know whatever <laughs> speaking of your time at aew your official title is wrestling administration coordinator yeah. so what the hell is that and what is it that you do here well so it's interesting because as i was getting hired the title changed multiple times and part of why yeah. it changed multiple times was that uh, it, it, the role kind of started with one expectation in mind, and then it was one of those, well, hey, you've got experience in this. Why don't you do this? Why don't you do this? And then suddenly, it became kind of this all-encompassing thing, and then talking with uh, Tony and Mega, they were like, well, the title we came up with for you is Wrestling Administration Coordinator. And so there's a lot of things I I'm doing. I'm, I'm backstage at every AEW event. I'm usually sitting in creative meetings, things along those lines, uh, helping plan out the show. We're having discussions as far as Dynamite and Rampage are concerned and soon to be Collision, as, as we'll be talking about here on this show. And then, honestly, there's other little things like writing descriptions for Dynamite that you see on your cable TV provider. And I've been working on bios for every single AEW talent that I, I didn't realize we didn't have. But that's one of those things that getting to work on and a big piece of what some people do know about me already is that I kind of have this weird memory for all things AEW name an event I probably could tell you when where it happened and who was involved and so it was hey you know all the AEW talent pretty well can you write up these bios and so yeah I've been working on those a bunch and just kind of pulling things from memory and there's a bunch of other things I can't talk about that I'm I've been working on and so at the end of the day it's it's a really Big, broad title, and there's just a lot of things I'm doing behind the scenes, but it's kind of cool. It's fun. I've I've kind of always said, especially when I worked in video games, like titles are kind of like weird and bullshit almost. Like it's <laughs> it's sort of like just a thing that you have to have, but really like you do whatever needs doing. Yes. Like you said, writing wrestling bios, like the fact we don't have bios for our wrestlers is kind of crazy, but honestly, like we run very lean as a company. So everyone is I like I wear 12 hats on a day-to-day -day basis. Like, welcome to AEW. You're here's here's 10 <laughs> hats for you to 
nowhere. Like this is just what you do. And I think part of it is because we're so passionate about everything we do here. So it's like, oh, hey, this needs to get done. Cool. Do you have experience in this? Great. Now it's your responsibility, which is why I think the titles of coordinator come up very often because my original title was projects coordinator or something. Yeah. And it's just like, what the hell is that? Like, okay, well, I, I just work on various projects. Like it was vague and nebulous and whatnot. And I'm like, let's get a little bit more specific. So I think now I'm like senior projects manager. So <laughs> it at least has some correlation to video game stuff. It's it's weird. It's annoying. It's funny you mentioned having like an like the encyclopedic knowledge of wrestling. Because I'm like, oh, that's why you're friends with TK. Okay. You yeah. guys are basically the same person. <laughs> Fantastic. So so how did you end up meeting TK? Honestly, in a very online capacity, uh, which is, I think, a way people would probably have expected that to happen. There was one podcast I had done, and I won't say which one, but there was a specific podcast I had done. I know. And I know. after it was over, all of a sudden, I get a notification that says, Tony Khan is now following you on Twitter. And I went, huh, interesting. That can't be the real account. And I click on it, I see the check mark next to it. And I'm like, oh, that's actually Tony Khan. So we've had various conversations over the years. And yeah, it's it's funny. We've I, I would say over the years, Tony and I have become friends and we've talked. And it was one of those things I was never willing to put that out there because I'm like, how much would I be willing to put out there that I talk that that, you know, somebody in wrestling media talks to to Tony Khan like that. And then there was one time at a media scrum uh, where I'm sitting there and Tony outs it. Tony is just straight up like, oh, yeah, I talk to Will all the time. And I thought, oh, okay, well, that, that's a thing that I guess people know now. And so, yeah, I've had conversations with Tony over the years, and I feel like he and I have had a pretty really great relationship. And honestly, the conversation that started this process to getting an AEW was the fact that, uh, and I've told this story on another podcast, on one of my last podcasts I did, but I, I was a software developer for a really long time. And I lost my job back in December. And I tweeted very vaguely about it. It was a very vague, rough times ahead kind of tweet. But the cool thing was, Tony checked on me after that to see, to see what the problem was and if I was okay. And I was honest with him and told him what was going on. And over the months, he he was a big help for me. He straight up said to me, um, let me see what I can do for you. And... There was at one point I actually did talk to another company Tony Khan owns to see if I was the right fit for that. And at the end of the day, everybody kind of said the same thing. Like a lot of what you do in a software capacity is and a lot of what you know is very wrestling centric. And that uh, and around about like we're finding roundabout ways to get you to help with AEW. But at the end of the day, you would probably be a best fit for AEW. And uh, and Tony checked in every once in a while. He's like, hey, did you have a conversation with them? And how'd that go? And then, like I said, the same thing. I should probably be working in AEW. And then... <laughs> and at one point, uh, we finally had the conversation about, you know, what would it take for me to just work in AEW? And then here I am. Yeah, kind of wild, right? It's And I think that's, like, a good, like, summation of who Tony Khan is. Like, mm -hmm. he cares about the the hundreds of people that work for him he cares about the fans and he cares about people he knows that like he doesn't pay any money to like the fact that he's going out of his way to help you because you've got you know a family you're supporting you've got all these various different things going on in your life like it's just good guy tony he's he's pretty damn yeah great. no honestly he's, he's a great guy and he uh 
I don't think, and oddly enough, I think we all kind of say that, and I still don't think he gets enough credit for that. I think he is a genuinely good person. And even though I wouldn't have at the time like publicly talked about those conversations I was having, I didn't even talk about the fact that I had lost my job. But Mm -hmm. the fact that even without all of that, he was still willing to check on anybody. And it's not just a thing he would do for publicity or anything along those lines. It was literally just him being a good, caring person. And I really am still grateful for just the opportunities to to get me in front of who he did. I, I can't say enough good things about that. Awesome. I didn't know this until Stacey had sent over some notes, but you were involved in some of the music stuff at AEW. So the awesome soundtrack, the Who We Are, Volume 1, like, tell us a little bit about how, because that was clearly before you were hired full time. So, like, tell us about that. How did that all happen? So one other person I've known through a music capacity is Mikey Ruckus. And good guy. One day, great guy. I love Mikey. I just talked to him two days ago. And yeah, I I love him. And I'm glad we're coworkers now. But yeah, Mikey had reached out to me and he had asked me um, basically about, he knew I had music experience and he told me about the project he was working on, Who We Are, Volume 1. It was going to be a celebration of uh, black talent in AEW and they were going to kind of reach out to black artists in the community and basically put together a, a big music project. It ended up releasing in March. It was supposed to be for Black History Month, but sometimes things get pushed back. So we at least got to promote it through Black History Month. So it still all kind of worked out. And so, yeah, he had kind of reached out and asked, engaged my interest on music and then asked me straight up who I wanted to work with. And I gave him a list of talent I would have been willing to work with. And it was a lot longer than who I ended up getting. But... uh the two artists I ended up getting were Red Velvet, who I was a big fan of, and I mm-hmm. was really happy to work on her song. And then Powerhouse Hobbs, who I was actually friends with anyway at the time. And so those were the two songs I got to work on. Red Velvet was an interesting challenge because I knew the type of music that I had experience in making. And a lot of it was like kind of traditional hip hop style music, a lot of trap style music, things along those lines. And then... I had talked to Red Velvet and she is like, yeah, I want something a little reggaeton. And I'm like, ooh, never done that at all. Yep. But I'm up to the challenge. And so uh, I asked her to give me some examples of some songs she liked. And I started listening to them. And then uh, she also gave me some kind of out of the box stuff. She was like, you know what? I kind of like even uh, she's like my big Doja Cat fan. I like get into it. Yeah. And like I started listening to pretty much all these songs she sent me and I played around with as many sounds as I could, but honestly, I wasn't even all that happy with the instrumental as it came out. I listened to it over and over. And you know, when you work on something, you tend to hate it the more you you work on it, or maybe that's just a me thing. I don't know. But the more I worked on it, the more I hated it. And of course, I got to the point, it was like four o'clock in the morning and we had deadlines and I thought, okay, this is it. I just got to send it and... Either they're going to love it, they're going to tell me what needs work, or they're going to go start from scratch. But either way, it's 4 o'clock in the morning. I can't work on this anymore. And I sent it off. And I woke up like three hours later because I had to get to my actual job. And I get an email that's just like, hey, this is great. We love it. And I thought, okay. Um, (laughs) But the beauty of it was that there were multiple other artists on that song right josiah williams has the first verse and uh there's cut right on it and and anthony king on that one and 
uh, the funny thing is when I listen to it, I really feel like it was their input when when the hook got put on it and the verses get put on it and then it gets mixed down and we added little sounds to it all of a sudden the ensemble of it really made it come together to the point of where i think red velvet first used it on it was the episode of aew dark that was taped before the rampage before revolution 2022 when she had used it there I, I got to hear it in an arena, and that was where it really clicked with me that, okay, this song's going to work. This is good. I actually really love this. And, uh, yeah, I think it was really just everybody's sound come together. That If you isolate all the individual little pieces, it's probably like, oh, this is okay. But when it came together, it was just this perfect cornucopia of music, and I was really proud of the way that came out. I listen to it all the time still because I'm really proud of that song. And then the, the Hobbs song. Powerhouse Hobbs was interesting because that was like right up my alley. Uh, when I talked to him, I was like, what what kind of songs are you interested in? And he straight up says to me, oh, you know what I like. I like, <laughs> he goes, he was like, look, I am from the Bay Area. I like Bay Area hip hop. You know what to do. And I thought, yeah, I sure do. Because that's all the stuff I listen to, right? I, I In high school, I pretty much pretended I was from the Bay Area. For those who don't know, I'm from Denver, right? But all of the music I listened to was all Bay Area hip-hop. I loved E-40. I loved Mac Dre. I loved Sibo uh, and Killate and all of those guys. And that was the kind of music I listened to, Yuck Mouth. And so as soon as he said that, I thought there's one song I've got in mind. And it was a song by Yuck Mouth and, and Mac Dre called Get Stupid, Go Dumb. And I was like, I'm going to channel that instrumental a little bit as much as I could. And then the song that uh, Hobbs had suggested was Big Steppin'. And those kind of had similar vibes. And I thought, that's exactly what I'm going to go with with those two. Righteous Reg was uh, my co-host over on Grapsity, But he's also really great friends with Hobbs. And Hobbs had specifically requested that as a vocalist, he get Righteous Reg on that song. And so I turned to Reg. I said, you know Hobbs better than I do. And he goes, oh, I know him like the back of my hand. He wrote a verse about oh. him. We came together, and uh, and then we got Graham on the second verse. And honestly, just the way that all came together, and again, the sound was more up the stuff that I was already making. Uh, it felt like the kind of stuff that I would like to produce, and I, I was really proud of that. The first time he used it on Dark, uh, I almost fell out of my chair because mm. it, it was something that was my sound. And something that I was really proud of. I'm still really proud of the Red Velvet song because I stepped out of my comfort zone. But doing something that was completely within my comfort zone with Powerhouse Hobbs was just so great. Man, this is this is beautiful, man. I love this. I love talking about creative endeavors and like having success and failure and being able to celebrate all of those things. And man, so great. We've got more coming up on AEW Unrestricted, a little bit more about Will. But also, let's talk about all the cool stuff that's happening coming up at AEW. Hi, this is Andy Katz, host of March Madness 365, presented by Grammarly. This week on the podcast, listen as we break down the latest AP poll and give you insights on my updated Power 36. Listen to March Madness 365 with Andy Katz, presented by Grammarly, wherever you get your podcasts. Grammarly is a secure AI writing partner that gives your team an instant first draft in a few clicks, not a few hours. Companies that use Grammarly save an average of 19 days per employee per year. Grammarly works seamlessly across 500,000 apps and websites. Get personalized, on-brand writing help everywhere your team works. Learn what better writing can do for your company at Grammarly.com. Grammarly. Easier said. Done. 
we got another day of NBA action. And with FanDuel, every night is a watch party. So it's time for your FanDuel crew to make their bets. So, what's the move tonight, gang? You know that new customers who bet $5 get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Woohoo! We're heating up, fam. Bet all the stars with all your friends and make every moment more only on FanDuel. New customers bet $5, get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Make every moment more with FanDuel. It goes down in the field. It go down. It go down in the field. 21 plus and present in Virginia. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See full terms at FanDuel.com slash sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Unrestricted, Aubrey Edwards talking to Will Washington, one of our newer employees at AEW, but he's been involved with AEW for a very long time. Huge wrestling fan. Uh, before we get talking about Collision, I just wanted to touch on your podcast stuff because you kind of casually mentioned like, yeah, I've been doing podcasting for a long time. Like your podcasting career, I think, is old enough to vote. Yeah. Uh, maybe not <laughs> old enough to drink, <laughs> but <laughs> it's getting there. <laughs> well, the funny thing is podcasting in itself is old enough to vote. And so that's, that's really... True why uh, it, it is so important to me because I really was podcasting from the beginning. I, I can tell you the exact moment I decided I was interested in podcasting. And it was, so it was this old network. I'm probably going to pop like five people listening to the show. But there is this old network called Tech TV back in the day. Ah, uh, yeah, I was a big, <laughs> I, I was a big Tech TV fan. And they had the show called The Screensavers that used to come on every day. I had to be home from school Five o'clock, no matter what I was doing, hanging out with friends, I had after school activities, I had to be home to watch the screensavers. And there was this episode of the screensavers that aired on October 20th, 2004. And uh, it was hosted by Kevin Rose and Martin Sargent. And they decided, and one of the things the screensavers did was it was a show that took live calls and they would help you with your computer problems, which sounds like an insane television show to have today. Actually, I still kind of wish it would exist. But when the screensavers, when they would take these live calls, sometimes they did this bit where they would take random live calls. And uh, they did this bit where they were taking just rapid fire random live calls and people would ask their questions, they'd answer, uh, ask their question, answer. And one of the questions was from a guy named Matt Bischoff and I've credited him for my podcasting career. I actually reached out to him and I was like, do you realize your one little question changed my life? And all he said in his question was, when are you guys going to talk about podcasting? And Kevin Rose turns to his co-host and goes, podcasting, that's a great idea. And people have seen this clip before because I've seen it in various blooper shows, but Martin Sargent goes, well, what's podcasting? And then Kevin goes, well, let me show you. And he goes online and goes, let me go to podcast.net. And he accidentally mistypes and types postcast. And this porn pop-up comes up and then everybody in the audience laughs. And like, it was this huge live TV blooper. Oh my and God. Uh, it was one of these infamous TV moments. And everybody laughed and everybody had a good time. But I was probably the only viewer there going, hey, you never answered the question. What is podcasting? And so after that, I went online and I started researching podcasting. And I thought, this is something I want to get into i don't know how or what but i want to do this and so i spent the next few months kind of planning on what i was going to podcast about and for the longest time i was set on podcasting about tech because the cool thing about tech is that technology 
doesn't have to center around people. And I kind of like that. It's evergreen. Yeah, it's evergreen. And the other thing about it is, um, like, sometimes, obviously, there's obviously the major figures in tech. Um, you know, there's your Steve Jobs and, and things along those lines. But for the most part, the tech remains about the tech itself. And I, I always kind of like that because uh, I had a friend who once told me that he wanted to get into broadcast journalism. But the part that really got him was having to report on deaths and sadness. And it really, really got him. Mm. And so he wanted to stay away from that. And he that was his suggestion to me was if you could avoid anything that deals in people, try to. So I was like, okay, tech, tech, tech. But then I looked at like all of the podcasts out there and they were all about technology. Everything was about technology. And I thought, well, the only thing I know better than I know technology is pro wrestling. So let me see what the pro wrestling podcast landscape looks like. And let me tell you, if you did this today, it would take you probably a year to get through every single page of pro wrestling podcasts, right? But doing this in 2005, mm -hmm. there were two. And I realized, and only one of them is still around today. But I realized at that point, I've probably got something here if I decide to jump in on wrestling podcasting. And so that was it. I From June 18th, 2005, I decided at that point, I was going to record my first podcast and I reached out to some other guys I knew online and I said, hey, do you want to do a podcast with me? And all of them said the same thing. What is a podcast? Uh, that is how new podcasting was. <laughs> and uh, we got together. I said, look, let, let's just get on Skype. And they were like, well, what is Skype? And like, go figure that like, who you, oh my God. right? <laughs> And we jumped on and we had good conversation. We recorded our first one. I remember we reviewed ECW One Night Stand 2005, which was, of course, 18 years ago this week. And having talked about that show, oh uh, that was really what got us going. And then from then on, I podcasted every single week for the next 18 years after that. So, damn. And, and I did various shows after that. I did a show called Now Playing Now. That was fun. I reviewed movies and... Uh, and then, of course, I did most famously, I did Grapsity for a long time. That was that was a hoot doing that with my guys, Righteous Reg and Phil Lindsay. And I did After the Week with Denise Salcedo. And then uh, the one I did the longest was RBR Weekly Wrestling Talk. And it was just a good time all around. I always had fun podcasting because I realized that I got to put just this piece of myself out there. And it was the place I was most comfortable. I just got to talk. And uh, anybody that knows me, and you know this, having worked with me for six weeks now, Aubrey, that I like to talk. I just like to, I like to chat. And it's it's funny working with Aubrey because she's such a go, 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 go person that it, I almost feel like, Very much so. <laughs> I almost feel like any conversation I'm having with you, I'm like slowing you down. It, it, it's funny too, because you're such a friendly person, but, and it's, I know, right? That that's, I feel that way anyway, but like, it's almost as if, the only way to have a good conversation with you would be like, we have to walk and talk. We have to be going, going, going. Because 100%. That's, <laughs> that, that's the only way I notice with you. And But otherwise, anybody that knows me knows that I like to just have conversations. I love to get to know people. I love for people to get to know me. And I love to kind of find out about people's interests and learn new things and learn new things about them and learn new things about what they know about. And so podcasting just ended up being the thing I was best at.
It's funny you mentioned the like walk and talk thing. Like I have so many people that tell me after the fact, like, oh, I didn't ask you this question because you looked busy. I'm like, no, I'm always busy. But like, please just don't ever feel bad about interrupting. And like, we'll have a conversation. I'll make it work. But I got to go over here and make sure this person's actually walking to the interview room for the pre-tape because I texted them an hour ago and they're still not over there. And we got to get this thing done because Dynamite's on in two hours. But yeah, let's go walk and talk. It'll be fine. Let's fine. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I figured that out about you pretty quickly that it's like I'm... I noticed you weren't like pushing anybody off. You were like, okay, we can talk, but let's go. Let's go. We got to go. We got to go. But Aubrey is definitely as busy as she seems. She is just a go, go, go kind of person. Thanks. Checks in the mail. I'll remember this for my (laughs) annual review. I'll just clip this out and send it to Sobic and be like, hey, by the way. Um, Anyway, I find it funny that you mentioned June 18th is your podcast birthday because June 17th is a big day in AEW history. We've got the start of Collision, which is absolutely nuts and crazy to think that we have another weekly two-hour live show like the success of AEW cannot be understated and I think it's hard because we see a lot of times on Twitter like people talking crap and saying like blah 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 blah, and then to hear like no we're actually doing this new two-hour live show because our relationship with Warner is so good and they want more TV and it's like yeah Oh, 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 okay. Well, this is this is wild. So, so tell me your thoughts on Collision and all of this crazy stuff. I think when you look at our roster, when you look at the uh, literally go to if you're watching this or listening, watching however you're consuming this product right now, I want you to go to alleliteresting.com and click on the roster page because in doing that, you will recognize how big our roster has gotten to the yes. point of where. Uh, just the three hours of television we have, it's not enough. It's not enough at this point. There's so many times where uh, when I started in AEW and people heard I was going to be in a creative position, the one thing I kept hearing was, hey, make sure that you use this person. Hey, can you make sure that this person gets time? Can you make sure this person gets time? And I'm like, well, guys, the moment somebody else gets time in professional wrestling, that's somebody else that's not. Uh, that's just the way it works, right? And the only way you can really give more of that prime real estate to people is to get more. And I recognize that, you know, when we first started promoting AEW Collision and you start to hear all the names that are going to be involved, you start hearing Scorpio Sky and people go, oh, wow, I want to see more Scorpio Sky again. You start hearing about Miro and you're like, wow, I can't wait to see Miro. You see Thunder Rosa and you go, my God, I can't wait to see her back. And then CM Punk. And and you realize in hearing that all of these names are going to be involved in AEW Collision, that Dynamite doesn't lose anything in that process. Mm -hmm. That's That should be the point where you realize how necessary Collision is and how excited you should be for this because of the fact that it just means more opportunities for more of the guys you want to see in AEW. It's just so absolutely great. And I think that's the best way to sum it up is that like Dynamite and Rampage don't lose anything. They still get to be the amazing shows that they are every week that we're putting on for our fans. And then we have this other awesome thing. And obviously, you mentioned it, CM Punk's return. We're, we're definitely going to have to talk about this coming up soon on AEW Unrestricted. This episode is brought to you by J. Crew. This spring, J. Crew is telling a linen love story from perfectly rumpled beach cover ups and effortlessly sexy suiting to button up shirts from the world famous Baird McNutt Mill in Ireland. The new J. Crew collection is made to be shared, lived in, and loved for decades and generations to come. Shop linen like you've never seen it and more new arrivals for spring 2024 at jcrew.com. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. AEW Unrestricted, Aubrey and Will talk about all things awesome with Will Washington, but also all things awesome with AEW. We've been talking about Collision, debuting this Saturday, 617 at the United Center in Chicago. And you can't talk about the United Center in Chicago without talking about CM Punk. And it's been a while since we've seen him. I know I'm personally excited to see him come back because even just purely, and you and I are very similar in like the analytical mindset and the the programmer aspect of it. But like looking at the data, CM Punk is a draw. He's yes. a big deal in wrestling. Like I've said before on podcasts, CM Punk is the reason I watch wrestling. So it's to see all of the people even on our own roster that say, I watched CM Punk growing up. Like he's an important figure to wrestling and having him come back, I think is super important to promote this new show as like, no, this is a big deal because this guy's in the main event and he's going to be here. And this is awesome. So what are your thoughts on, on all that? I mean, I'm, I'm excited for getting to work with CM Punk. Um, I have truly only met him in a fan capacity. And so to be on the other side with him is going to be interesting, but honestly, there's a lot of exciting things about this. I think about the fact that he's wrestling in the United Center. Like when you think about all of the venues in Chicago, CM Punk has wrestled in, right? Like CM Punk, he's wrestled All-State Arena, uh, famously um, won the WWE title there. Uh, he is the, uh, he also wrestled All in, or all Out, sorry. He was, wrestled All Out at Now Arena, right? Uh, against Darby Allin. Um, that was his first AEW match. He's wrestled at... Uh, he wrestled MJF in uh, Wintrust, Wintrust Arena. But the only thing he's gotten to do at the United Center to this point has been he got to cut that really awesome comeback promo. But he has not wrestled at the United Center ever. I didn't even and realize so this. This is a big deal for him to get to wrestle. This is, I mean, United Center is a very unique arena for a number of reasons. It is, uh, of course, the house Jordan made famous. But also... Mm-hmm. It is statistically the largest arena in the United States. This is, uh, it it was a landmark deal in general for AEW to have ever run the United Center, let alone to run it for the third time. But to think about the idea that CM Punk is so synonymous with that because it's where he made his comeback and he's never, never wrestled there. So for this moment, June 17th, the first episode of AEW Collision, and in the main event, we are going to see CM Punk in action. And it's not just CM Punk in action. You're seeing CM Punk teaming with FTR, the AEW World Tag Team Champions, and they're taking on Bullet Club Gold's uh, Jay White and Juice Robinson taking uh, and teaming up with Samoa Joe. Like, all of that just sounds insane. If you had told me two years ago that any parts of this were possible, uh, right. I would have gone, like, how? How? so much of this doesn't make any sense. Like what Jay White and Juice Robinson and Samoa Joe in AEW. That doesn't make any sense. CM Punk in AEW doesn't make any sense, but all of a sudden, and it's like AEW is 
really the only place that something like this could be taking place and it's taking place in the United Center. I think that's really cool. I I love it because I don't think anyone ever had this on their 2023 bingo card, let alone on their wrestling bingo card at all, right? Like AEW has given us so many awesome moments. Like we're seeing Sting and Orange Cassidy on TV at the same time. Like (laughs) (laughs) absolutely wild. And when when I heard TK announce what this main event was, it's just one of those things where it's like, this makes so much sense. Like FTR has been very open about their relationship with CM Punk and their friendship with him. So to have him come back in a trios match, which was actually his first match he had after winning the AEW title as he teamed with FTR in an awesome match. I, I got to rough it. I was very excited. Oh, yeah, that's right. You did. Right. It was great. The it was forum. like, oh, yeah. But the forum. Yes, it was awesome. Forum. It's it's crazy to see like the forum is such an old building and the United Center is so like absolutely amazing. Like you talked about the United Center, like it's this great, awesome thing. And it's like it absolutely is easily one of the top three arenas that we run as far as like how beautiful it is, how great it is, how the fan experience is. It's just so absolutely great. So I think it is the perfect place to start AEW Collision just with everything that's happening with the excitement around this show, like Chicago is such a good market for us. Tony's originally from, you know, uh, Illinois. So it's kind of like anytime we go to Chicago, it's always this fun homecoming, right? Yes. It's yeah. Just and so when you think about great. how much of AEW's history is tied up in Chicago and uh, how many landmark moments of AEW's have happened in Chicago to launch our second two hour live show uh, like this and to do it. I can't think of any better place to do it than in Chicago. No, you could you could list all the other places we've been to, but it's honestly like it's it's up there. It's great. I love it. And I mean, we've got Collision coming up, but we've also got some crazy events coming up this summer. We have All In in London, our you know debut on the other side of the friggin' world, and then we have Forbidden Door too. Which is crazy that like Forbidden Door even happened. Like as as wrestling fans, we talk about crazy stuff we see. We literally just talked about this, like things you would never expect to see. And now this is like a regular occurrence where, yeah, cool, let's have all these awesome dream matches. Let's have Okada and Brian Danielson, who have never wrestled before, surprisingly, like wrestle on a pay-per-view. How <laughs> like Will Ospreay and Kenny Omega had this incredible match at Wrestle Kingdom, and now we get to see it again. And you know both those guys are some of the best in the world. Like, they're going to give an even better match. Almost guaranteed. No pressure to Kenny or Will. But like, <laughs> we know exactly what we're getting out of this. Like, there's so much exciting stuff happening. Well, I think about the fact that Forbidden Door last year got all of these accolades, right? You know, it won show of the year pretty much uh, in, in any award that was giving that out. Forbidden Door likely got it or was uh, definitely a runner-up. And to think about that that show came together as well as it did. And a lot of those dream match scenarios couldn't happen, right? We had uh, Brian Danielson get injured last year at Double or Nothing. We also had CM Punk get injured uh, right after Double or Nothing. And it was just this crazy week. Tony talks about it all the time, about how all of these Forbidden Door plans that we had back then all fell apart. And yet we were still able to make the show that was made. And thinking about now, where we do have Brian Danielson now. We do have Kenny Omega now. And these were guys that you wanted to see last year. You didn't get to, but you still got a great show. And now knowing that they get to be involved in Forbidden Door. Uh, like, I, there's a piece of me that's like, please, just bubble wrap all of these guys until we can get to Seriously? Toronto, please. <laughs> because there's just no... I, I can't afford for these matches to not happen. But uh, I, I recognize life of a pro wrestler. Uh, wrestling's going to wrestle. So... 
Otherwise, I'm just thinking about how excited I am to see Brian Danielson versus Okada. Brian Danielson, he's already had so many crazy dream match scenarios since coming to AEW. Thinking about the idea of five years ago, Brian Danielson versus Kenny Omega sounded absurd, sounded impossible. I have seen that match, right? I've got to see yes. that in person, Arthur Ashe Stadium. Thinking about and it was Brian incredible. Danielson versus Okada. The idea that, again, if you told me five years ago that that match was a possibility, I would have gone on what planet? In what universe is that possible? And now, once I saw the match graphic, I, it, you know, even when they were making the challenges and Brian put out the challenge, uh, and even when Okada accepted the challenge, I thought, okay, come on. And then all of a sudden, we see the graphic, we see it's happening. Uh, it, it's still... Until that bell rings, it's that much of a dream scenario. It still doesn't feel real, but it is, it's happening. And it's happening at Forbidden Door in Toronto. Shout out to our video production crew who puts together these amazing packages to hype up all these matches. Because I think I, I had heard earlier in the week that we were announcing that match. And then when it happened, it's like, okay, this is crazy. But then you see the package about Brian and Okada talking about this match and how badly they want it. And that's one of those things that just gives you the goosebumps of like, oh, it's happening. It's happening. Yes. Like we get like I, I'm maybe I'm just speaking for myself, but like work is stressful. We get jaded sometimes. There's like all these things and it's hard to see the forest for the trees. But then I feel like when you have moments like that happen where you you the, the real fan in you comes out. And you just like, oh, right, this is why I do this, because this is dope. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, honestly, uh, and, and thinking about on the other side of that, uh, Kenny Omega and Will Ospreay, and how I stayed up super late or early, mm -hmm. depending on how you define your day. But I stayed up to watch that match, Wrestle Kingdom. I came away from that match feeling like I had seen one of the best matches I've literally ever watched. And I'm not just saying that as uh, th that's I I'm not being what's the word I'm looking for hyperbolic, right? Like I'm l legit. I came away from that going. That was not what I was expecting, but it might be better. And to now know that that wasn't all they had in them and that there's more to do and there's more to tell. I can't wait. Honestly, I am so excited for Forbidden Door and seeing Kenny Omega and Will Ospreay tear it up again. I don't, I mean, honestly, I walked away. I hurt from that match, walk, watching it the first time and thinking about how much more these guys have in them. It's exciting. I literally had the same thought. I'm sitting on my couch watching it. And as soon as the bell rang, I turned to my husband and go, they have more. They didn't even hit everything. Like, and I think it's it's one of those things that's exciting about wrestling is seeing the growth of people. Like knowing that Will Ospreay sort of became the guy once Kenny Omega left to join AEW. Like the history between the two guys, there's there's a built-in story there independent of them being two of the greatest wrestlers in the world. So we could, we could keep talking about Forbidden Door until we're probably blown in the face. And we will eventually. Like we'll have a Forbidden Door podcast most likely. But I want to talk about All In because this is absolutely nuts that we have not announced a single match for this card and we're nearing 65,000 tickets. <laughs> I know, but that just shows how starved uh, that side of the world really was for AEW and wanting to see the AEW roster. And I think it's a testament to who the AEW roster is and the product 
that we've been able to create all these years that uh, and I say we uh, having been here six weeks, but you, um, you've, you've been a fan. You've been like, well, and, and so like, just sorry to cut you off, but like, that's part of why AEW is so great. Like it's built on the fan experience. It's built on what yeah. fans want. Right. So I think like the original all in, I think this is just a repeat of that almost. It's like it's building success because of the fans that have supported AEW from the beginning. Then I appreciate that. That's a good way to put that. Uh, but yeah, just thinking about how. Without a single match announced, how much excitement there is to see AEW and to see them in such a historic venue in Wembley Stadium. And uh, for this to be happening where it's happening uh, is just insane. And yeah, 65,000 tickets, no matches announced. Uh, but now there's a lot of pressure because at this point, and I keep getting, yeah, I get tagged. People don't think I see it, and I probably shouldn't be admitting this, but I see everything I'm tagged in. So everybody's got every single match they want to see, and they tag me every minute of every day saying, hey, can we see this at Wembley? Can we see this at Wembley? And obviously we can't make everything happen, but we are aware of the magnitude of this card We are uh, and the magnitude of this event and that this is something that has to deliver. And the cool thing about AEW is when your back's against the wall like that, we tend to. Yeah, it's it's wild to think. I think our biggest show to date was the first Grand Slam, 20,177 people. And I remember that number very specifically. And to know that we've already tripled that is insane. It's Completely It's insane. just absolutely wild to me. And I, I remember when we had like the the moment of it got announced on the show and I turned to Madison Rain and she's like, well, it's not like really Wembley. Like there's other venues there, right? I'm like, no, it's... It's Wembley. And I like turn my phone around and show the graphic. And she's like, oh, oh, damn. I'm like, yeah, like we're we're doing it. Oh, my God. This is wild. And then like seeing like the the receipt for my flights come in like, oh, God. Oh, <laughs> yeah, no, no, this is uh, wild. <laughs> honestly, I thought legitimately, swear to you, when Adam Cole said Wembley Stadium, I thought he misspoke. I thought like, no, he meant Wembley Arena. There's no way he meant Wembley Stadium. And then he, and then the graphic comes up, and I went, no, he, he meant Wembley Stadium. Okay, this is he won. This is what we're doing. And uh, I thought dude. the same thing, and I'm like, no, our video guys would not let a mistake <laughs> go through. Like they're very good about like, no, we said it wrong. Let's redo it. And, you know, let's make sure we get it right before we, you know, send all the footage to Nashville and they produce it and get it up. And it's like. Uh, uh, like what? <laughs> I think I think my baby my favorite moment uh was seeing like Bryce Remsburg's tweet. Like my excitement as a wrestling fan has exceeded my stress level as a travel coordinator. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's good. I love that. Right? It's like okay, that's that's your best like behind the scenes thing. Uh oh my god, there's so much so much exciting stuff happening at AEW. And before we let you go, we want to do a couple little rapid fire things just so so we can you know get to get to know you a little bit more and and give people a little Please. bit more of a taste a little as daddy magic says get a taste of uh will washington <laughs> so we can get people back on this podcast and learn more about him uh favorite wrestler in history uh it's hard because i work rapid with fire. him but but brian danielson oh me too uh favorite aew match so far kenny and hangman versus the young bucks revolution 2020 Oh, my God. Uh, what's your last Google search? The AEW graphic to put on this <laughs> put on. behind me. <laughs> if you're watching the video version, uh, that AEW logo was not there when we started. And there was a panic like, oh, God, let's replace that real quick. Uh, favorite Mariah Carey song? Fantasy. 
Oh, ooh, great. Uh, favorite movie? Favorite movie, uh, Casino. Ooh, favorite Denver Nuggets player of all time? It's Carmelo Anthony. He made me a Nuggets fan. Oh, dude, my my husband's from New York, and as soon as he went to the Knicks, it was like, man, screw this guy. <laughs> we could do a whole podcast on that. Sorry, oh yeah, sorry. we could. Yeah, we absolutely could. We could. It's not that kind of podcast, but you and I, you and I could go yes, into this. Uh, pineapple on pizza? Yes or no? Yes. Oh, we were friends until that very moment. <laughs> and then finally, what's your go-to karaoke song? No Scrubs. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> This is freaking great. Like it's it's one of the aside of the aside of the pineapple on the pizza question. Look, hold on. Let, let, let me elaborate on pineapple <laughs> on pizza for a second. <laughs> the reason I so nonchalantly said yes is because it's not like it's my go-to pizza topping. I will not if if you're asking me to order my favorite pizza, no, I'm not going to ask for pineapple. But also, I'm just particularly not picky about food. In general, if you put food in front of me, I will eat it. And so when I answer the question pineapple on pizza, it's more of a if you serve me pizza that has pineapple on it, I will eat it. Will I ask for it? Probably not. Is it my favorite? No. But will I throw a fit about it if it's in if it's being served? No, not at all. This is you trying to prevent all of the heat on Twitter you're about to get when this thing goes live. Like that's yes. that's what that answer was. I fully Probably. understand what you were doing. <laughs> I, personally, I'm a big artichoke hearts person. That's my go-to. Sure. I again, it's not a thing that I ask for, but uh, I have a friend, shout out Heidi, who does eat artichokes, uh, artichoke hearts on pizza, and when she gets it, we're good. Awesome. Awesome. I, I think uh, I said our friendship was gone, but I think it's back now. You've redeemed yourself. Thank you. Thank you, Will Washington. And this was just a wonderful chat. Thank you for joining me this wonderful morning. I'm so excited to see you at work every week. Our conversations are always great. I'm excited for Collision and all of the awesome stuff that's happening this summer at AEW. And I'm really just happy that you get to be a part of it. So thank you for joining us today. And I'm really happy to be a part of it. And honestly, I, I really think it is undersold how much of a family all elite wrestling is and i have i'm really gracious to be to have been accepted into that and uh having watched you all these years and all of a sudden now we're just friends like that's such a cool thing to me and i am very grateful and thankful to be a part of it all yay this is awesome uh you can listen to aew unrestricted new episodes every thursday morning on all of your favorite podcast platforms you can watch dynamite wednesdays on tbs rampage on fridays on tnt and very soon coming up this weekend collision on tnt every saturday live two hours it's insane there's so much stuff going on at at aew will what are your social handles just so people can follow you you can follow me on twitter i am at will washington and on Instagram, I am, uh, I think I'm still William RBR there. And uh, those are pretty much the important ones to follow me. So follow Will, follow this podcast, listen to the episodes, get to know how awesome he is, get to know all the awesome AEW talent. Here, I'm Aubrey Edwards on AEW Understood. Aubrey Edwards. Come on, throw your hands up, let me see you. Unrestricted. Got the house now. We gonna turn it up. And then the freaks are coming out now. Uh, on the street. Uh, on, on the street. Hi, this is Andy Katz, host of March Madness 365, presented by Grammarly. 
This week on the podcast, listen as we break down the latest AP poll and give you insights on my updated Power 36. Listen to March Madness 365 with Andy Katz, presented by Grammarly, wherever you get your podcasts. Grammarly is a secure AI writing partner that gives your team an instant first draft in a few clicks, not a few hours. Companies that use Grammarly save an average of 19 days per employee per year. Grammarly works seamlessly across 500,000 apps and websites. Get personalized on-brand writing help everywhere your team works. Learn what better writing can do for your company at Grammarly.com. Grammarly. Easier said. Done. 